welcome to I Love That, a Bachelor podcast. Because the unexamined life isn't worth living. I always want to say leading. It's worth leading. Could be both. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, uh, you're leading an unexamined life. Yeah. It's like the opposite know. of a double life. All right. Exactly like that. <laughs> I'm Wade. <laughs> I'm Zach. Doctors of Brainology and Depression. Brainology and Depression. We're off to a good start. All right. Yeah, week eight. We're, uh, we're in full swing. It's uh, We're still at the La Quinta, the haunted La Quinta. <clears throat> so, okay. The thing about this haunted La Quinta, I just... Here's my initial thought, and I know we're jumping right to the middle of the fucking episode, but that's why you guys listen to us. And if you like what you hear, you can send us an email at ilovethatbachelor at gmail.com. But what I have to say is, is no fucking way would I have fallen for any of that shit. <laughs> you think- it, well, it's all, it's all planned. Sure, and it's like pitch black, and it, to me, it's like they're just reacting off of each other being like skittish. Yes, yes, that's the accurate take. But I'm just sitting here thinking, they know the producers set all of this up. You know, someone there. This may be a real story, but you know, there isn't just going to be a typewriter left there with a note with helter-skelter burned edges just sitting there for someone to read and be like, oh, and this is where he pours over his his thoughts about his dead wife, um, which I didn't quite possibly nail down if they had a miscarriage or if the wife was dead or both. Uh-huh. I know there was a grave for the wife, and so the story was a little ham-handed to me. So I get that they're having fun and reacting off of each other, but also it's... You're you're at the you're at the crown jewel of the desert in La Quinta, okay. That's it. Nothing else is going to happen. Yeah, I think th- this is one of those things where I bet they're both susceptible to hypnosis because they they really just scared <laughs> themselves. You know what I mean? Like the, they they read an excerpt that's like, "Oh, La Quinta's haunted," and then proceeded to get really scared over like what was basically a doll in a rocking chair that made a noise. Mm-hmm. A tennis court, like totally outdoor in nature, where I guess they heard crying, but like they knew that was going to happen because they read, you know, the grave is under the tennis courts. Sometimes people hear crying. So, like, I don't know why you, if you're expecting, if you know exactly what the scare is going to be, how is it still scary? So, to that end, the first time, okay, the, you, you might hear baby, baby coos in this room. You go in and what's that? Oh my god, it's a baby coo. And then you go to the next venue and it's you're going to hear, you know, a scream. And then oh oh my god, I heard it. you're not going to hear and see everything that happens to you. At a certain point it's got to flip and be like oh, they just put a speaker in here behind a uh, an obviously scare, you know, a door that is unknown. Yeah. And I there there was some poor intern you know, producer back there who had to knock on the door and it was probably the size of a hobbit, you know? Yeah. I was wondering even in the library what happened. Cause I, I couldn't tell if did a painting move or was someone like banging on the opposite wall or did they both just like freak out and get loud and then run out of the room? No clue. Either Tasha knocked it over or someone purposely knocked it over. The painting. I think this was like a missed opportunity to have Chris Harrison, you know, in a ghost face mask with a chainsaw or like get a human, you know, that's what that's what's scary about real haunted houses is it's like the actors with chainsaws. (laughs) (laughs) They take the blade off, but, you know, they're loud and scary. Are there other actors with an item that would be scary to you or is it is it is it just the chainsaw? Oh, chainsaw, bloody axe, knife, severed head. I mean... There's plenty of options. There's so, so many creative things you could have done. So, you're not, like, big on Halloween, but you are big on scary movies. I think so, yeah. 
because I've never I've never uh, took you for a uh, uh, what are those like I'm gonna scary boo up my house and I love dressing up and that kind of thing. But you do I, you have many horror months where you just go through stuff. How long have I known you now? Too Every year long. it's some fucking yeah yeah. It's always some, like, October Fright Fest over at Wade's house. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not into, like, celebrating and, you know, like, whatever, couldn't this year anyway. But, yeah, my wife and I really enjoy scary movies and, you know, we'll we'll go through, like, the Final Destinations one year and then the Saw movies and just kind of, I don't know, it's always a fun time. So I've seen enough of it to, like, I don't know, have a commentary or, or deconstructed In-depth commentary. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Recognize uh, ABC's laziness with uh, giving, <laughs> delivering us a convincing horror story for this one-on-one day. So, I know you're you're trying really hard to pivot back to this, but I have to know what's your top scary movie? I'll accept the entire franchise, but you got to give me a caveat on which one's the best in the franchise if uh-huh. you choose the franchise, and. Uh, how do you feel about Chris Rock doing the new Saw? Oof, those are two very different questions. Uh, first question, Event Horizon. Possibly my favorite oh. movie, just in general, not even of the horror genre. Great choice. Because it's, it's good, hard-ish sci-fi with practicals, but it's also got like that Hellraiser alien monster in the house in space. I love space horror. I'm playing space the dead, horror I'm, is scary. Yeah, I'm playing through the Dead Space games now, as I've told you. I'm about to finish the third. Just yeah, it's it's a it's a good genre, fun time. Okay, and, so uh, yeah, fucking space horror is fucking scary, man. Um, I had something else there, and I, I just in one ear out the other. <laughs> Forgive me. And Chris Rock is is I got no problem with him. Well, sure, but you think they're gonna go old timey? Saw <laughs> they should if they. You know, I, I like think, what, what? Like franchises need to just become period pieces. Like, don't do a tenth sequel to something because that's insane. If it's happened nine times in in the world, and you're saying like, oh, now it's happening a tenth time, like just just set it in the fifties, and then we can sure. all be surprised again. It reminds me of that X Files episode where there's like a human mole. <laughs> That wakes up every like ninety three years and and just eats human flesh, okay. and uh, Mulder has to tie in the story from like you know two hundred years ago. That I think it's the same mole guy, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and they catch the asshole. But I agree, yeah. Uh, a time um, to do it more period is is a better take. So. Anyway, I guess we can get into the episode. Yeah, sure. No, I don't I don't even think I've seen the trailer for the Chris Rock Saw movie. That, I don't know if there is one. I just know that he's producing it. Okay. I worry if that franchise might not be entering like Jason territory where it's just getting silly now. Jason X, for example, or Freddy versus Jason, like it's hard to take them seriously at that point. Was it about taking it seriously though? Well, see, this is the thing. This is okay. This is why this conversation is so interesting because I don't take any of those fucking movies seriously. They're just not serious to me. Very fair. I mean, you're, you're right. Now that I realize what I'm saying and arguing, it's like, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, not to put you on the okay, spot no, here. No, you win. Let's talk about the Bachelorette. <laughs> okay, so does it open with Chris showing up before the date cards and announces JoJo, and then announces JoJo again when JoJo walks in? Yep. And he's taking his kid to college, which we all know at this point. Uh, I guess when they were filming, that was very optimistic and clearly wouldn't have worked out. So I'm a little disappointed <laughs> that we're going to lose Chris. He's been so active this season. He's been really active this season, and like you said, it would have been great to have seen him in that haunted house. Oh, God. Uh, my my initial, uh, um, I'm going to impart some judgment here. My initial judgment on JoJo is that she is so nervous, 
and very using her hands too much. Can you give me a primer on who is JoJo? Like pretend. So JoJo Fletcher know. is arguably the franchise's most boring bachelorette ever. And just in an insanely boring season. It couldn't have been more boring. And how old uh, are we talking like 5 years? Yeah, 5 or 6 years ago. Okay. Yeah, maybe 7. I th- I think it goes JoJo and then Rachel. Okay. So not not too long ago. No. There might be someone in the middle there. It all blurs together. But JoJo ended up <laughs> uh, marrying and is still with uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers' little brother, <laughs> who just couldn't really be very good at football. He was not very good, and... Uh, the family still loves him, but Aaron Rodgers was not fucking having it. And there is some very clear tension whenever Aaron gets brought up with him on the show. And I can only imagine that it's some weird, I'm not as good as my brother because he's hella rich and, you know, got to allegedly not bang Olivia Munn. <laughs> not to reduce it to uh, just that, but it would turn out that Aaron Rodgers is a fucking asshole and doesn't appreciate or love his brother very much. But JoJo picked him, and they're very happy together, and it's very nice. So good for them. Okay. Who would have thought? Actual love. Uh, but, you know, once again, you know... You just get the, uh, you just get the, like, here's my friend Jojo. No, you don't actually know Jojo. She's just a former bachelorette. But it's important to have her on there because this episode opens up with the classic, I just don't know if it's going to work out for me. And then they bring in Jojo and Jojo goes, Jojo here, (laughs) everything that's going on is totally normal, and just do what feels right. Like, as if dating 30 men in the middle of a pandemic at the shining jewel of the desert at the La Quinta, um, and then making everyone go through COVID protocols, and then having to give people roses as if that's a real thing in real life. None of this is normal. You should feel wary about what's going on. But the idea of being wary about, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know if this is going to work out for me, is a fucking trope, is hilarious. Trust the process. Don't think about it. You're right. Just fall in love blindly. With multiple people at the same time while they live on a compound together. Why not? Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. Since Tasha showed up, uh, I haven't really you know riffed on how just bonkers the whole the whole thing is it used to surprise me but i've been watching the show long enough that i i just enjoy it sometimes and forget to be uh oh sure you know enraged by it yeah no yeah i mean i think for me i have this constant thought of is this cheaper for abc or more expensive the la quinta situation yeah there's not international travel. For sure. And they're However, probably getting a good rate, because I'm sure not a lot of people are traveling. It's like maybe a little free publicity. You know, they're not... I don't think they would have to pay market price or, like, top dollar, considering so, getting the whole uh, resort. I guess my question, again, this episode made me think of it was... So they just brought in, like, Four carnies to set up a Ferris wheel. <laughs> I was thinking that you too. Know, like, how much did that cost? <laughs> you okay? Question: Have you been to the those parking lot carnivals that they have in the suburbs where where they bring uh, the rides on? So trucks? yes, I have been, and I'd also like everyone to know that no, I will not fucking ride the zipper. No, <laughs> I don't ride the zipper. Is the okay? zipper just the pendulum? 
The zipper is the one where you have what looks like a bean, and there's like eight beans on a carousel kind of thing. And when the carousel moves, the beans are weighted and then flip and spin, and the faster it goes, the more the little beans spin. And it goes like up and down like this. Like okay. a zipper? Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are. Th- I am not fucking with that one. No. No. I think the last time I was on one of those, I took a friend who was very, you know, had your sentiment about it. And they're freaky. They're like weird cages. There doesn't even really sure. seem to be padding. It's just like, hold on to this rusty bar while you get flipped in circles and Fuck that. smaller circles. Yeah. But that's the... I don't care. I don't care if they're sober and set that up. You know, I think they're not. But if they were, I still don't trust it. Sure. I think that uh, as a younger man, there was always an appeal to that because it was it was danger. You know, I'm a full on not uh, the antithesis of a thrill seeker. Mm. I don't care. You don't need the adrenaline. Huh? No, absolutely not. I got enough adrenaline trying to jerk off before my dog see me. <laughs> I just let him watch. That's that was a lie. Oh, that would be funny if okay. you were self-conscious about. It. No, I'm not. Those dogs have seen filthier. And it's so weird. I have to coax him out of the room. You know that kind of thing. I bet Stella's. Like, Don't watch me. It's weird. I bet Stella's really awkward about it. They're both really awkward about it. it just talk about a mood killer where you look <laughs> over and the dogs are just like they do the big sad eyes. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, I'm, I'm sure not that's sad. Exactly I'm what not a kid sad. Thinks. I'm doing this because I'm happy. <laughs> you know, I'm sure kids are like, uh, "Why are you hurting, mommy?" Kind of thing. Sure. And I wonder if that. I've had a lot of time to think about this. I wonder if that's what goes through the minds of the dogs. As they're like, is he killing her? You know? Mm. It's ex- it's really weird. I just hate when they watch. I just close the door. Moving on. Um, Wade, who does Zach J look like? He looks like somebody. Dude, I was trying to figure it out this whole episode and like... <gasps> oh, I think I've got it. Please. Um, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, not Giovanni Ribisi, or is it Giovanni Ribisi? Now we have to look um, it up. You look it up, I'll riff. I was thinking, like, Ryan Gosling, but, like, post-addiction. And then I was thinking he reminds me of, like, Edward Norton. Like, when he plays sketchier characters. He's quite, yeah, he's quite literally Ed Norton, Giovanni Ribisi, and, uh, the hot guy you just talked about that was in that the absolute faux pas of, yeah, the Goss. Yeah. He's got, like, yeah, the combined energies of them. Gosling, yeah. Yeah, he does. <coughs> I saw a, an Instagram post today that tried to um, ingratiate me with La La Land, and it really pissed me the fuck off. Uh, and I'm going to go on this rant here. And uh, what's your friend's name? Ryan Gosling? No, <laughs> no, the one that says he likes to listen to just two dudes talk about shit. <laughs> oh, Paul. So this is for you, Paul. Um, I fucking don't like La La Land simply because it's just another Hollywood jerk off about look at how Hollywood is. And basically it's about um, a a black genre and a black experience whitened up. And there, everyone goes, oh, but John Legend was in it. And it's like, yeah, as the villain, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> as what the, the sellout like, who was yeah. co-opting jazz and making it mainstream. Like. Drives me fucking nuts. But yeah. I saw an Instagram post today that tried to ingratiate me to this story. And apparently, and I, I, I'd like you and the listeners to know that, you know how at the end, spoiler alert, this whole time she was envisioning, like, kissing Ryan Gosling at the end, they live happily ever after, when in actuality the real ending is that he just walks right by her because she's a nobody. And she was also a dropout in the um, in the movie. She's also a dropout in real life, Emma Stone. And Emma Stone has felt, quite literally, a lot. Like the character in La La Land, always getting passed up and walked by and never having that Hollywood happy ending. And I thought, don't give a fuck. You robbed Jazz of the real story. 
jazz in L.A. is a thing, and it needs more conversation, and you whitewashed it, and then now you're trying to make me feel like, yeah, but it was, like, semi-autobiographical about Emma Stone? Fuck that! She didn't write it. She merely acted in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just so happens she got the role that ties into her real life. And also... I don't fucking know if she was a dropout or not. She could be lying. Whoever wrote this is trying to ingratiate me to a movie that definitely didn't deserve to win the best picture and didn't even deserve to be flubbed as the best picture. I couldn't agree more, Zach. I wasn't a fan. And, uh, Fantastic. And, and furthermore, as, you know, as long <laughs> as we're dogpiling on this movie, uh, yeah, you're, you're an actress playing an actress. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> so you, like, didn't used to be a famous actress, but now you are, so you, like, get this girl's struggle. That's, that's fucking dope. And I'm pretty sure the director has, like, this weird, uh, chip on his it's shoulder. It's About, what? The La La Land guy? Wasn't it Boz Lerman? No, it's, like, Damien Cheezel or something. But he's the dude who did, uh, what was the movie with J.K. Simmons about the jazz drummer? Oh, you're right, my bad. He's, um, he's, got a th- he's got a thing for jazz. And, ah, god damn it, I lost my train of thought. Who is this, a director? Yeah. I think he's just he's got some, a thing for jazz? He's just some privileged kid who, like, thinks that he's Ryan Gosling talking about jazz, and he he really wants an Oscar, so he's making these, like, pandering. I'm Googling, director thinks he knows jazz. Is Robert Gordon it? No. Oh, okay, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Damien something that sounds like cheese in a foreign language. It's not important. I just, I don't oh, like yeah, the whole Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Damien Chazelle. There Chazelle. it is. Chazelle. He's French-American. Dope. Well, he's, a, he doesn't he's know. an embarrassment oh, to French cinema. Because he's This basic. little loser's your... <laughs> oh, my God. This little loser's your age. You know what? I also heard that that kid, like, tried to make it sound <laughs> like he struggled to get La La Land produced. Really? You know what I mean? I, like, I gotta like, tell oh, you, I, I so vehemently hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. No, it's just, I don't know, man. There's something about, like, these fucking privileged, sycophantic, like, the kinds of people who make movies about Hollywood so that they'll get awards from elderly Hollywood royalty in the Academy. It's like, you're not a struggling artist. Like, you're not saying anything original. You're just, you're just art imitating art. Imit- okay. This is going off. This is wrong with Hollywood. Sorry. Yeah, his dad was a renowned mathematics uh, teacher and lecturer, and uh, his mother is former actress. Her grandfather was manager of Paramount Pictures in London, and it would appear that she teaches about social justice and prison history and is a professor on theology. So, no. No, Damien Chazelle. You made hot garbage and you deserve to be teared down by I Love That Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, So Zach goes on the wedding picture date that we see every year. Yeah. Why do they look like cheap glamour shots? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know why. The quick images we got were were literally the um, the mall glamour pictures that you can get wallets of and hand out to your friends. Yeah, just that like Vaseline on the lens finish. Like, Why'd you oversaturate the light in your photo, idiot? Yeah. And that dude, I swear that photographer is a contract killer. He's putting on a character. <laughs> Like, you may have short shorts and a scarf. You're not fooling anybody. So, I will say, though, that uh, they both looked super full of fear and antsy about the whole thing. Oh, for sure. Especially Taisha. Both divorcees. And it was kind of, yeah. And it was cute to see them kind of break out of their shell a little bit, which I don't know how that bodes for the next episode. But we can get to this coming on, unless you want to do it now. I mean, they're they're loosely connected. I uh, just you know background. You you also watch the show, but Zach had a brain tumor and uh, surgery, and then 
yeah. got pain medication that he then got addicted to and took him down a dark path. And I didn't, I don't think I said this on a previous episode, and I feel so judgy for calling it, but I had a feeling that Zach had addiction issues. Like a lot of people who work as addiction specialists are recovering addicts. I had the same thought, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't want to, you know, I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but, uh, you know, called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the trademarked Wade I told you so moment. <clears throat> so, to that end, though, my question becomes with the this coming on, where she goes, every time I talk to him, and this could be about someone else, but I'm I'm going to try and surmise and deduce uh based on what they're trying to sell me and maybe she's talking about someone else i don't know but if it's it is about zach and she says that there's always like one more red flag or something i find out about him that isn't that that, that makes me wary or whatever that then implies that she's fearful that he was an ex addict because all that we've seen about him new in this episode is that. Mm-hmm. And so if that's something that ends up breaking them apart at the end, and full disclosure, I have no fucking clue what the ha- hell happens that next episode. Maybe he says something pretty unforgivable. But in this current iteration, I don't think it's fair to call someone who's an ex-addict as like being a total red flag can't people change yeah you know it's unfortunate i was starting to get that energy that like oh no is this like his baggage that she's gonna judge him for that will disqualify him about yeah and on the next week it looks there's like a lie detector thing and maybe it's editing but i think i saw that zach confessed to like i've cheated on someone before yeah so I don't know if that's the red flag. I don't know. But that one's a little more fair than addiction. If you're to tie it, if we're to timeline this, and I don't, look, I've been cheated on. I'll never forgive that person. But (laughs) the man just said that. He was probably suicidal and just doing drugs to feel things. I wouldn't put it past him to have cheated on someone during that time frame. Now, if it was recent, (laughs) 10 years after his, uh, you know, escapades, his lost years, quote unquote, then that's a problem (laughs) for sure. However, if it happened during that time period, I think it's fair to say. And so, truth be told, I think it is going to be Zach J who does admit to the cheating, and it does bother her. And she leaves um, some date or whatever when they're together, and you know she's pissed about it. And then in that quick edit when he's like crying and in a blue shirt, clearly in the morning, I bet he goes to her. El Presidente at the beautiful crown jewel of the desert, La Quinta, uh, suite, and explains to her, look, it happened during my lost years. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. I've grown and become something else. So I don't think he's out of the running, but I think they're definitely trying to make me feel like he is. Thank you for that. I needed that reassurance because I was worried for him being such a front runner this whole time. And I, I would really hate for Tasha to not be able to look past that because... We all struggle and falter. It's not a character failing. Addiction sucks. And he seems like an all right guy. He's helping people. Yeah. He helps people with addiction. Like, that's... The guy's had a hell of a fucking story. Let him live. Yeah. You know? I mean... I don't know. I also have this weird uh, affinity to him where he was explaining some sort of profound moment in his life. And I was like, yeah, that, bro. Yeah, I get that. Uh, so I root for him. We also have the same name, Wade. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. Also, it's like, <laughs> not to diminish anyone's story, you know, cause like a lot of these guys are interesting and do have very interesting stories, but, uh, that one seems like a little harder than like, oh, like I grew up poor, or like, oh, my dad died not to take anything away from it, but it's like, no, like I fucked up. Like 
I <clears throat> had a bad go because of my poor decisions and had to conquer that. Like, yeah, it's, it's not as good a look or like as uh, as nice of a backstory to you know ingratiate you with the audience. Yeah, no, he seems really real, and I you can see the uh, tentative trying to. He he's very calculated. Mm. In when he shares information, and you can kind of see it in his eyes, <clears throat> and that whole double take line about you know she's like why do you do that and he's like well I just want to take a double take on you and she said no, hmm. she was right, that's not it. Oh, he's, guy, he's just nervous about like how much. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, like she's gonna find out sooner or later. Will it help me? Will it hurt me? I think so, and I get it, man. Like. For sure. If I was having a nice day with Tasha, I would not. I would be very nervous about my dark secrets coming out. What so, are some of your dark secrets, Wade? They share them on TV. Share them with us. Uh sure. You want to? You want to talk about the bodies or the bank accounts? You <laughs> both. All right. That's for <laughs> our a notepad. <laughs> we'll put that on our Patreon episode. <laughs> um. Okay. So Zach gets a rose. Oh, Zach, I get a rose? Yeah. That's so weird for me. The way she looks and talks about Zach, I think, I'd take your rose, Tasha. No problem. Although we have a, a bunch of similar <laughs> potential deficiencies between the other Zach and I and the way <laughs> that we <laughs> handle life and situations, yeah. which is why I feel some weird affinity to him. Um, I'm going to go on the record right now and say that Ben's going to win. Mm. I'm going to say Ben's the, the one wearing. Yeah, yeah. I know the, the low sh- Okay, I'm, I'm just making sure I'm calling the right guy. Yeah. The nervous one the who showed got up naked. and got naked. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think he's going to win. Okay. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> hey, b- before we move on. Okay. I just, I'm sorry. I. <laughs> Do you notice that the dudes, Bennett especially, that, like, dudes in reality TV really like to adjust their glasses for dramatic effect? I haven't noticed that. You won't be able to unnotice it now. I mean, I I think Bennett's probably going home. But, uh, you know, in any reality show of this caliber, like, watch for the dudes with glasses. It's like a prop. Like, gives them business to act with and feel cool. I I (laughs) ain't... So for I you guys can't see me, but for many years, I intentionally fixed my glasses with both of my my index and my thumb, and I picked up around the eye mm-hmm. and adjusted it that way because I thought pushing up on the nose was like too nerdy. And then in the last couple of years, I've realized if people don't like me <laughs> for the way that I fucking address. Uh, adjust my glasses and for the way that and make some presupposition about who I am as a person based on the way that the glasses are adjusted I don't need them I don't like them and I don't care so I've just certainly wholeheartedly with my full being I've just been adjusting my glasses with the finger above the nose pushing up it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm proud of you for being <laughs> being real. <laughs> that, that is something I've thought about a lot and, and have act, actively been cognizant of. Just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much in uh, each episode. <laughs> so what is it now? The uh, group date. The Express art date. yourself. And this, I thought this uh, had its nice moments, but it reminded me of the music date from last week where I'm like, fuck, seriously? Like, none of you guys took a class or can play an instrument or, like, they're just yeah, all, they're all void of, like, artistic culture. It's, it's odd. <laughs> I find it absolutely numbing to consider the fact that none of these dudes, who presumably some of them actually have real good jobs... Uh, have attempted guitar or art 
to any degree. And I'm not good at guitar. I haven't played it in years. However, I could hit you with a GCE, maybe even an A, you know, and strum along and let you campfire it. You know, I know how to do that at least. It won't be good, but it'll at least sound better than strumming an open guitar. <laughs> that isn't tuned, for fuck's sake. I mean, I could tune Blake, the bitch, too. You fucking idiot. You know? You're just making noise, Blake. <laughs> That's why you're going to go home. <laughs> no, but it's it's like something that I feel like, uh, I don't know, that a human should be, should have dabbled in, at least. You know, like we all took a little yes. Spanish or something in middle school, high school. You know, como esta, hola, muy bien. You know these words because you've dabbled in Spanish. So, like, any kind of art, any kind of music, like, you, I don't know. I got the impression it, that uh, none of these guys have, like, touched an instrument or, like, held a paintbrush. Uh, I think it was the lawyer. That's Riley. So Riley, I'm pretty sure it was him, began layering a background color on his canvas. And I thought, okay, my dog here's got a potential background. He might be able to show us something good. And I can't remember, but I don't think we even got to see his. We did. And I appreciated that he used uh, like some kind of white twine as clouds, and it had like a three-dimensional component. Yes, yeah. But okay, then everything yeah. else was kind of shit. But I thought just, that was cool. Just garbage. Well, and before that, when they're <laughs> such when a they're... shitty painting, Riley. Step up your fucking game, man. <laughs> wow, Mr. Lawyer can't paint for shit. Yeah, Good I for ad- you. Object uh. to your lack of talent. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> um. But uh, the sketching of the nude couple, hmm. well, was it every single one of them opted for a stick figure? Seems that way. Are you way. kidding me? I literally failed my art class when I was 18. And I didn't opt for stick figures, okay? It's because I stopped going. But... You know, use the lighting and the shadows. Draw a shape and then, you know, fill in. Why the fuck did you op? You could if faces are hard, cut it off at the neck. Get the body. Are you kidding me? You. It appeared like they had a lot of time. By the way, this isn't fucking Master Chef or the Great British Pottery Throwdown, which is a hell of a show on HBO Max that you need to watch. Okay. It it is it is so amazing, dude. Everyone's so nice cuz they're British, for sure. But and everyone's like super supportive. But they go through some of these moments of like showcasing their their themselves into a, a sink basin or, you know, a pot and it's really fucking amazing and I had no idea how colors were put onto pots and shit like that and every time i go to a restaurant which is once in the last nine months um i look at the at the i looked at the uh the plate and i was like oh look at this someone spent a lot of time on this and it's uh it's it's i'm of the belief or i'm in the know that it gets way crazier and cooler later on like they make way cooler shit later but it's a fantastic show. It's like the British pottery throwdown on HBO Max. Totally worth a watch. That's crazy. I'm sure pottery has a lot of depth to, uh, you know, and variety to the art form. Unbelievable the amount of depth, Wade. It is fucking... I, I, sit, I was sitting there and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> All right. I'll but yeah, it. anyway, fucking stick figures grow the fuck up, kids. You know, they started too small, too. Not not to, I didn't, you know, I'm not a fucking art student, well, exactly. but like, if you, if you start that small, of course it's going to look like a stick figure and shit, like, just, again, none of them had any fucking idea what they were doing. It drives me crazy, and the thing that drives me the craziest is that 
Tasha appreciated the two dudes who didn't do any art the most. Hmm. Are we, now we're talking about self-portraits, though. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So we're in agreement that all the nudes and all the all the clay work sucked. Absolute garbage. Blake made a penis. Go home. <laughs> what you're are not, you doing? You're, this is Tasha. If you're not going to take it seriously, go home. Yeah. Excuse yourself, Canadian Blake, and you suck. No one likes you. And you know what? You're going to crash and burn in paradise, and I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. He's going to cry. I'm sure of it. I'm I'm a hundred percent confident that Canadian Blaken is going to cry. Okay, yeah. So what was the Brendan didn't do a painting; he just did the frame, and to, a lot of them had to like explain them. You know, like you wouldn't get it just from the art itself. Like they really had to tell a story, which you know, good effort. I guess at the end, I was like, okay, that was like some of that was touching and heartfelt or whatever. Sure, all of their stories were heartfelt. My, I think one of my biggest qualms was the um, the sweet, soft-spoken kid, Ivan. The puzzle? Yes. So he had said he was going to create four pillars that um, spoke to him, pillars of himself. And uh, the artist, who you know she's an artist because she's got visible tattoos, and as someone with tats all over his arms and legs and shit i'm just like why is this a trope it was the pink hair that did it for me that's how i know someone can create things it could uh, i i don't mean to project and it could have been a coincidence but it just bugs the fuck out of me when it's like we got an artist and it's like you want to know how she's an artist Mm. well she's got pink hair and tattoos everywhere and anyway, but so she comes by and says, you've got to make it more personal. So instead of columns, he opts for fucking puzzle pieces. He could have used no color and hand drawn Roman columns, which in my mind aren't that difficult because I can imagine what fucking the Athenian temple or the Pantheon looks like in my head. You know, I grew up loving Roman everything really i i kept buying a bunch of books and shit like that and it's like and if not what about the abe lincoln memorial the abe lincoln memorial has those columns just draw columns right and then leave like a third of the bottom there and write you know loyalty family love instead he went with fucking childish finger-painted puzzle pieces and then a cardboard cutout of will you complete my puzzle (laughs) yuck yeah i just i hated that are we gonna pile on ivan now should i i like ivan so much i hate his art i like (laughs) i don't know pillars puzzle pieces it's all like (sighs) and again i'm not good at art i'm not you dabble though i know how to judge art I dabble, sure. I yeah. saw a painting of yours. There were pleasing shapes. It didn't look like a fucking toddler did it. Thanks. Like these dudes have been on the earth for twenty five to thirty five years, and I'm kicking a I dead horse. I gave my here. mom that painting. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I uh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. You're good. Oh no, I just uh, I do not think Ben is going to win. But I really, oh. really appreciated that power move of just getting naked. And I think Taisha appreciated it, too. Visibly. But but is that... Ah, oh, like, am I getting caught up in the rules here? No, no, they all, I just, they all blew it. Like, none of them made art that spoke for itself. Some of them didn't even try. They all had to, like, thoroughly explain it. <sighs> in platitudes but like you know as long as they were doing that ben's like hey what the fuck like here's like living art you know a display of vulnerability and also a fucking power move because he's pretty built and taisha did enjoy it and it got him the fucking rose got him the rose it did get him a rose but is it art what did that do other than you just say something to her? So, my question to you is... 
would I get naked on national television for Tasha? <sighs> Tasha loved the two least artistic art jobs. What does that say? She doesn't really like art? Hmm. Because I'm, I'm to believe that she helps design these, and that's all in quotations, these dates. Presumably because she wants to see an artistic side of people. But mm. the caveat may be that she just wants to see people be vulnerable because she thinks all art is vulnerable. And then that, that's, a, that's a reduction of art. Yeah, well, well the, the challenge was prefaced on express yourself. Okay, there it is. So it's like you're using the medium, but, uh, you know, if you can't art, you can't art. Just like if you can't play an instrument, like you gotta, you gotta make up for it elsewhere with, with a story or the words or your naked body. Sure. I guess, I guess my, here's my main takeaway from this. Had Brendan or Ben been in, had their pieces been in a Museum of Contemporary Art, and they weren't allowed to explain it, they would quite literally be a fucking sink basin connected to the wall without a faucet in it. And I'm to presume that that's art. Fair. There's a very specific sink basin for any of you who are wondering, and if you want to know which one it is, you can email us. And I love that bachelor at gmail.com. See, I, th- I thought you were going to go to the urinal with, like, the flower... The hand in, is that a thing or was it a toilet? There's no fucking flower in Duchamp's urinal. No. Okay. It is just a urinal, and he signed Arma and the Year. And I don't think we have the time in order to get this episode uploaded to really discuss how I fucking feel about the urinal by Duchamp. Hmm. We could do a two part. <laughs> You get to edit it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, no, okay. okay. Uh, I, f- I find myself just remembering shit about past seasons, and I, I wanted to remind everyone. Remember when, uh, in Colton's season, when Tasha was on that one-on-one date with him, and her boob came out? I do remember that. I'll never forget it. And then Colton just, like, didn't react to it? And it was clear, no, it was, no idea what was, was going on. Clearly, that. a bit of a move on her part, you know, like oh, whoopsie, and he just like whoops, <laughs> continued. Whammy. To, yeah, I that pissed me off. Colton <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> Colton's a stalker. How so? <laughs> oh, uh, him and Cassie broke up, and then Cassie had to file a restraining order. <gasps> They've both been doing a bunch of really weird. Um, this was a few months ago now. A bunch of really weird pressers um, alluding to these weird facts. And so the thing that I think we can take away the most from this is, one, they had sex. <laughs> Colton wouldn't be that attached if he, if he hadn't. And then, two, it's because he's a virgin. The first one's always. That's anyway, right. the second part is Colton's got issues, bro. No shit. Yeah. Well... I'm glad that things are falling apart for him because I never liked that guy. Exactly. So, do we get to easy? Yeah, I mean, we we already covered the haunted house aspect of it, but uh, what are, what are you thinking here? What happened? Okay, so first of all, I'd just like to get this out there. There's a game called Phasmophobia on Steam, and. Uh, you literally get in a group with three of your other friends and you all pick up ghost hunting tools and you go into this place and you try to identify like what kind of ghost it is before the motherfucker comes and kills you and the, some of the things you do um, aggravates the ghost. And I was like, oh my god, it's real life phasmophobia. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was my thought. Secondly, uh, he took the bold move, Cotton, and it did not play out for him. Dropping the I think I'm falling in love with you bomb. Misjudge that boy's been stuck in that in that hotel for way too long, and it's not just a hotel; it's the beautiful crown jewel of the desert in Palm Desert. Um, he he thought it would play well because I have a feeling he superimposed where they were in a relationship. Clock's ticking, and they too, just weren't there. You know, like there's a lot of people that are ahead of him in this race, and it was yeah, it's kind of totally. like you got to you got to make your move. 
stay yep. in power, make an impression, and... I felt really bad for him, but you know what? He's going to crush it in paradise, so dude, it's okay, dude. I don't think he's going to be on the show again. You've, you've heard of the allegations. This is like I was... Oh, no. No, no, no. This is why I thought that... I think that it caught up to the production team, and they're like, Yo, Taisha, you got to let this guy go. He's... You know, there's some problematic stuff being said about him. And it's nothing oh, conclusive. Shit. It's just a he said, she said, I haven't dove into the details, but apparently there's a allegation that he non-consensually with someone back in, you know, years ago oh. or maybe in college, maybe afterwards. I don't, like I said, I don't have the details. I just know that he's being accused of something inconclusively. Oh, shit. And that, I think that's like a bad look that ABC might, you know, whether or not it happened, they might just want to not go there like with garrett you know with the, ra- yeah, the just, racist the first thought was garrett yeah. whether, whether or not it's that bad it's just you know easier to make it go away yeah my biggest takeaway from the uh easy date was i want to get close with easy i really want to get to know him on a personal level so we're gonna ghost hunt <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it was kind what? of a throwaway date which again is why i think it was all like they should get rid totally. of him. Totally. Have fun. Get rid of him. That works. That makes sense. Huh. Did you notice the two Margs the morning after in Tasha's room? They were guac and chips, and she barely touched the guac. Aww. She only ate the salsa, and that just kind of bugged me. You think you know someone. <laughs> then you see them eat chips and guac, and they only eat the salsa. Uh, I have a, I have a couple of final things that I need to get out. Please. Um, and they are, it's okay. It's a fill in the blank. Jordan in paradise, Jordan and Bennett in paradise is, are we, what are you want me? Is this like an analogy thing? Like some, you're filling in the blank. Where's the blank? Jordan and Bennett in Paradise is... Likely? Electric. It's going to be electric. I can't wait. If I hope they're both there. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. To see both of them in Paradise, and I think Jordan's gunning for it, bro, because Jordan was like, here, Noah, if you were to have... If you were me, and I was... If I was you, and I was in your situation, this is how I would handle um, this kind of thing. So I can't wait. Yeah. I want to see Jordan and Bennett so bad in paradise together, and I bet they're going to be best buds. Sure. <laughs> I bet Jordan would, like, look up to Bennett like a father. <laughs> um, Christ. Well, whatever. So the other thing is, what are your thoughts on George Clooney? George Clooney. He has a very accomplished wife. Yeah. And he cuts I mean, his what do you think hair. of him? Do you have any thoughts? Some people fucking hate George Clooney. I like George Clooney. He's like Warren Beatty. I, you know, okay, just that's a good pull. Like a good Hollywood mainstay. That uh, you know, he's done good work, but I could I couldn't tell you outside of like, a, oh brother, where art thou? Of like, oh yeah, George Clooney fucking blew me away in this movie. He's just kind of there. And why? What did he do? Is he dead? No, he's not dead. Okay. However, I don't care if he is, but <laughs> did you know, <laughs> Glad he's not. did you know that George Clooney cuts his own hair and has for many decades now? Oh yeah. I, I mumbled that when you asked me what I think of George Clooney. Jeez. Oh really? I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, what is it? Uh, he uses a Floby, dude. There it is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? A fucking Floby? Is that just remember like Wayne's a, World? Is that the suck cut? Just a vacuum? It's the suck cut, yeah, <laughs> dude. Are you connected to your vacuum? Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's amazing. I mean, he's had the same haircut forever. I know, but a Floby? Sorry, is that like I an was infomercial product? Yeah, okay. man. <laughs> What the fucking hell? Moving on. So, uh, we ended this episode <laughs> on a what's in the box to be continued. Okay. <laughs> but we already know what's uh, in the box. 
So we do know it's in the box. And, and, and I may be on Bennett Island here. Um, because I understand that he did come off a little condescending and arrogant, but I've dealt with people like him before, and he is a little condescending and arrogant. However, I truly think that the gift of the box and everything in it, Mm -hmm. I think he, I think he was genuine. And I think that's why he said, here's a friendship gift. And here's a gift that's about that one thing that I like want you to have. And here's something that'll make you better. Which I can understand why you would be like, fuck you, dude. I ain't fucking taking that. But also, it was an HBR fucking book about emotional intelligence. This is the 10 best essays on emotional intelligence from the Harvard Business Review. And could the guy be any more on brand? But... (laughs) You know, I think Bennett would like to be with Tasha, but if it doesn't work out, I don't think he cares. Um, and I think he was quite literally trying to be like, hey, dude, I know where you're at, and I know that this is going to come off condescending, but this book will help you. And it undoubtedly will if you were to go back and, and read it. Yeah. You know, I think it, 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 everything built up to it, he didn't have the ability to have it taken literally, unfortunately. Mm. I don't think Bennett intentionally is an asshole. I think he just is an asshole. And there's this weird line there where it's like, I mean, obviously, you know, you can still be an asshole if you don't mean to be, but I think he meant well with that thing, which is why he, portioned off the gifts in the way that he did yeah kind of make a sandwich out of it like it it on the surface it is all very thoughtful stuff and i think that uh the the kind conundrum of it is that noah isn't like bennett's he doesn't have the emotional intelligence he doesn't have the emotional intelligence to receive that kind of criticism or to to see it as that it's like in his mind it's like nope we're fucking boys trying to pick up the same chick at the bar and it's like a contest. Like, Noah came into this with, like, adversarial energy. Like, acting like a boy. But, like, yeah. And, like, Bennett's a little snotty. He's a little bougie and condescending. But, like, it's not coming from a bad place. It just... It's, it's the same exactly. reason that, like, people are like, oh, I hate elites. It's like, why? Because they're smarter than you? Because they know shit you don't and you feel stupid when they correct you? Or, you know, it's like, yeah, it sucks to be wrong and stupid. But, like, you're supposed to want to learn and be better. Don't shoot exactly. them. Don't shoot the messenger. You know, like Bennett's telling you some shit that you're going to learn one way or the other. He may sound like that, an asshole while he's doing it, but like, doesn't change the fact that you are like lacking some things as an adult man. Yeah, well, yeah, and he totally knows it, and that's why he's bristling. Mm-hmm. You know, I and and uh, uh, to that end, though, if Noah had any sort of like awareness, he would have seen that that book has been read through. It was bent on the end. It was folded up. Like, clearly the book meant something to Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point. I just think... Did you know know what I mean? I don't know. It's personal. It's not like he ordered a book, like, how not to be an asshole. Like, here you go. It's like, this helped me personally, like, and I see you struggling with... Yeah. So, I'm still in support of Bennett. Who do you think's going home? I, I think Noah's going home. Really? Yes. I thought Bennett. The reason why is because I think neither of them will end up with Tasha. But I think if I were Tasha and I were to choose one of the two... I would naturally choose, you know, the one with all of the houses stuff that comes with it. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know. I guess I was thinking like, you know, Tasha's sweet, so she'll she'll keep the one who was not, you know, who was being bullied by that. My hope is is that Tasha recognizes the fact that 
Noah is intentionally saying, well, you said this instead of owning up to the fact because she's been there before on the show. Okay. Because Bennett's not deliberately saying, you know, I don't know. It's this really weird zone where it's like, I appreciate the fact that Bennett is saying, you know, that's not what happened. Explain it to me. And then Noah's just attacking. But then Bennett's response is condescending. So it's what weighs more? Is it Tasha's experience in that clearly Noah's doing something and that's why he's attacking? Bennett didn't do anything wrong. He's just an asshole and condescending. <laughs> Which you knew that about him already. Which was a given, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I if I want to have faith in Tasha's judgment and experience, then yeah, Noah goes home. That's what I hope for. But honestly, I feel like whichever one of them goes home, I could totally see the other going home in the rose ceremony. Just because yeah. it's not looking like it's either of them. The, you know, there's not a real connection. It's too late in the game. Didn't that happen? Uh, oh, fuck. It happened with McKenna and whoever the last Bachelor was that I already forgot. There was, like, the three-way beef date, and then, like, he kept one and then sent her home, like, at the rose, the following rose ceremony an hour later. I don't remember. Predictions for this upcoming rose ceremony. Who's going home? It's all about the fern. That's what I know. That was my favorite line from this episode. Sure. When they were painting the naked people and I forgot to bring it up, the artist comes around and Ed and Ed's paint and drawing and the girl goes, oh, nice. So you did all the background. And he goes, well, you know, I mean, art's always about the fern. And I was like, ha <laughs> oh, Poor Ed. He doesn't even, like, make eye contact with anyone anymore. No. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I don't think he knows what he's doing there. Uh, who goes home? Ed. I hope Blake too. That dude has. Yeah, made and headway. Blake needs to go. Yeah. Because okay, I, I was just asking because there's only two more episodes before the boys tell all. So usually, you, how many are left? There's there's two more, then men tell all, then the final. I mean, how many men are left? Oh, how many men are left? Um, eleven, but if she gets rid of one in this three-way beef date, there will be ten. At the rose ceremony, so you have to trim down that rose ceremony and then the next one to get us to like hometowns or. And they don't even have rose ceremonies every episode. So I don't know. I just, I'm like, how many dudes is, are we going to have another slaughter? Are we sending four home next week or. I don't even know how this show's going to work. I don't know. Well, next episode looks like everyone's fighting for their goddamn lives. It actually looks like it's going to be a great episode. Oh, same. Yeah. That this coming on, I, I was sitting there like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Like, at least three of the front runners appear to be crumbling. Yeah. So. Drama. Amazing. Yeah, this was a great episode. Yeah, I had fun. And, uh... Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That's all. I'm Wade. <laughs> We're not good at goodbyes, but I'm Zach. Take care of yourself. Thank you.